And all God's people said amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Grace and joy to you, family. Happy anniversary, Zion Hill. Is there anybody here that just want to tell the Lord, thank you for being the God that he is. I wish I had about seven more of you that'll just throw your hand back and tell him, thank you for bringing me this far. Thank you for food on my table. I know you're able. Just want to tell you, thank you. Is there anybody in the back just wave your hand and say, thank you? <laughs> or if we had time, we could give you 98 reasons why he's worthy of the praise. I bless God today that Zion Hill is still here carrying on the good news of Jesus Christ. To my illustrious pastor, the Reverend Nathaniel Waddles, Thank you, men of God, for sharing the preaching place one more time. To his beautiful queen, my sister, first lady, good to see you. Amen. In his absence, my pastor and father in the ministry, Dr. Waddles, our pastor emeritus, and mom, Lady Waddles, we miss you and we love you to the diaconate ministry, to all of the elders and the music ministry, and all of you that make up this great gospel train. Isn't God good? And all the time, God is good. I bring you greetings this morning from Wheaton, Illinois. Thank you so much for your prayers. If you notice, the Queen and I have been missing for the last eight weeks. We've been in five different states over the last eight weeks preaching the gospel to white, black, yellow, and brown. Amen. I came to give the report that Jesus is Lord of the nations. Hello, is this thing on? I said he's the God of the nations. And he's coming back for a church, amen. But I had to come in on church anniversary and, and get my two cents of shout in. I'm just glad, Zion Hill. I can give the report. My church been doing it for 98 years. How long has your church been in the work of the kingdom? Amen. We do have a word from the Lord this morning. Will you stand with me for the reading of God's holy word? Our anniversary text today is going to be found in the book of Psalm, Psalms number 100. It's in your programs. It was our scripture reading for this morning. Thank you, Pastor, for this wonderful assignment. Psalm 100, Psalm 100. 1 through 5 to all of those who are online and on land. It's good to see you. Let me breathe the word of prayer over us now. Eternal God, our Father, thank you. You've been good to us. Lord, we've stopped by the altar today to tell you thank you for how you've watched over us down through the years. Lord, the multiple generations 
you have allowed to come through here, go to the water, make a public profession of their faith, and tell the world that you are able to save the lost. Lord, we thank you today for another moment to testify about what you've done. So would you breathe on us now? Would you give these your children an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church? And then give me your servant preaching power and preaching permission that preaching may be done. And in the end thereof, we'll be mindful to give you all the glory and to give you all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said amen, amen. and amen. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And know that the Lord, he is God. For it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Zion Hill, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord, I said the Lord, is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, it endures to all generations. The word of the Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. turn to somebody good looking this morning and tell them neighbor, oh neighbor, Dr. Wilson's home and he wants to talk to you about this. We owe God a praise. Amen. I want to talk about that today. We owe God a praise. A good friend of mine, Pastor Waddles in Fresno by the name of Joaquin Hobdi, has a favorite catchphrase whenever I see him. Whenever I ask the Reverend how he's doing, he always says, Pastor, I owe God a praise. Hobby has a way of commanding his soul to worship, regardless of the situations that life brings his way. Hobby has found a way to think about what God has done and land on the fact that if it had not been for the Lord on his side, Deacon Cruz, he don't know where he'd be. Hobby represents for me the psalmist in this text who understands that he was indebted to God. And he always has a reason to give God the praise regardless to what it looks like. Uh, Reverend Mike, I wonder today, are there any believers in the house that will call themselves a nevertheless kind of worshiper? You know a nevertheless kind of worshiper. They're going to worship God nevertheless. 
I wonder if there's anybody here today that would say, Reverend, you're right, and I owe God a praise. Can I back into the text this morning? When you come to this particular portion of Psalms, we find both that the writer and the occasion of the psalm are unknown. It was a hit song in Israel, but nobody knew the author or nobody knew who wrote the lyrics. Everybody was singing it. Everybody knew the genre, but nobody, Sister Cynthia, knew the composer. You see, this is the only psalm in the book that's dedicated as a psalm of thanksgiving. From ancient times, this psalm had been used daily in the synagogues for worship. It was a classic praise song. Come on, talk to me. It was an old school hit. Come on. And everybody sang it and everybody knew the melody. Though it was a hit song, Pastor Waddles, it was a short song. And so there are three things I want to lift from this song today that I think will help us as we celebrate 98 years of God's faithfulness. Let's look at the call to work in this praise, the call to witness in this praise, and the call to worship in this praise. Can I say that again for the people online? The call to work in this praise, the call to witness in this praise, and the call to worship in this praise. Stay with me as we waddle in the text. Verse 1 says, Make a joyful shout or noise unto the Lord. All. Somebody say all. All you lands. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Zion Hill, when we arrive at the first portion of this psalm, we observe the psalmist, first of all, lifting the call to work as one of the many reasons why Israel needs to give God some praise. See, according to the passage, all the people of the lands, all the tribes, all the God's folk were called upon to work for their sovereign God with a joyful praise. That this is a command written in the Hebrew language and is given to the Hebrew people that the people of God ought to work out their praise. I'm trying to go somewhere this morning. He hear the shout again, make a joyful noise. This declares that there must be unification in the laborious task of worshiping God. Uh, I'm off my notes here, but did you know worship ain't a spectator sport? It's where we all weigh in together. Can I say some more? If the people of God are going to do what the Lord is commanding in verse 1, they first of all got to be on one accord. Amen. Secondly, they got to be joyful. Uh, if the sound is going to be right. 
thirdly, everybody has got to be in on the call to be obedient in order to give the Lord what he delights in in this verse. Lastly, this call to work out their praise is, first of all, to the Lord. Or let me say it this way, it's for the audience of one. Did you catch it? Minister Davis, they're not doing this for nobody else in the congregation. They're doing this to the one who is worthy. Can I get a witness? Then the text says, serve. Did you see that there? Serve the Lord, Yahweh. Serve the Lord with gladness. Ah. And he said, how you come to him? You come before his presence. We're singing. Uh, hard to sing when you're sad. But when you're glad, you can bring him a good song. When we come to this portion of the text, it tells the child of God how the people of God ought to work out their praise before God. Here it is. They ought to serve him with gladness. In other words, they ought to be glad that the Lord has let them serve. Uh, they ought to be glad that they have the privilege to be in his service after all he's done for them. Can I call a little Israel history here? After all the times he had delivered them, they ought to surely had a song. After all the times he rescued them, brought them through, and brought them out, they ought to be glad that they were no longer in slavery down in Egypt. They ought to be glad that they no longer lived in an occupied state. They ought to be glad that they no longer had the oppressor's foot on their neck. Israel, oh God of praise. And the psalmist is writing to remind them. And they're commanded to come together one voice, with one heart, with one mind, and praise him through singing. I don't know about you, Zion, here, but when I read a text like this, I can resonate with the psalmist, because I owe God some praise. Uh, with everything he's done for me, the jails he's brought me from, the dope situation he brought me from, the darkness I was living in, I owe God a praise. Ah, I owe him my praise and my life work ought to be lived out, giving God some praise. Zion, I brought my own amens this morning. See, I owe God a shout of gratitude every day that he lets my feet hit the ground. I owe him a praise. I owe him a joyful disposition because he didn't have to let me see another day. My sins were so egregious. The fact that he would save me makes me shout a good amen. I'm hunting for a witness right there. Is there anybody here, Zion, that say, me too, Reverend? I'm a part of the me too movement. Oh God, a praise. 
a joyful shout because he sustained my generation. I owe him a joyful shout because I'm ecstatic that he let me preach to anybody. I owe God a praise because he lives inside of me. He moves in my being. And every now and then, he kisses me with a finger of love. Oh, God, a praise. And I can't help it, but I can't keep it to myself. Old preacher was having a conversation with a young preacher. And he was teaching him about serving in the ministry. And he said to the young preacher, young preacher, one thing you got to always remember about preaching. There are two kinds of preachers in this world. There are those who do the work and those who take credit for doing the work. Don't be like those who take credit. Be like those who do the work. As I ain't here, I thought I'd drop that on us in our 98th anniversary. Let's continue to remember to be a church that do the work and not those that take credit for the work. We've looked at the call to work. Come here now, let me show you the witness in the work. The Bible says in verse three, and know that the Lord, he is God. And it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Brother Deacons, when we look at this second pericope of scripture, we see what I call is a command to witness to the world about what God has said about us. The psalmist here declares that mankind should learn about the works of the Lord because they can see the works of the Lord. Secondly, we should always declare that he has made us to be a people for himself. Now this denotes his very own purpose and intentionality behind our design as a church. Can I turn the light on? The church is God's idea. He has designed her. And the way he has designed her, the gates of hell cannot prevail against her. Can I say some more? She has a unique design and verse 3 puts the claim on who the author and the creator is of Zion Hill. Can I say some more? The fact that he designed her like he does ought to make you and I witnesses to the world about who God is and who we are in relationship to him. We owe God a praise. We owe him a praise because he still witnesses to us. We owe him a praise because he witnesses to us about himself. He don't do that in D.C. 
He don't do that downtown in City Hall. He does that in here. We owe God a praise. He not only witnesses to us, for us, by creating us, but here he witnesses through us to those who don't know him. Why? That the world might get to know our position, our power, and our place in him, by him, for all of eternity. D.L. Moody tells the story. Well, let me back up. Let me back up. Why does he do that? Thank you, Lord. He does that, Zion, because God has shaped this flock, called this flock, named this flock, kept this flock, protected this flock, provided for this flock, fed this flock, led this flock, covered this flock. And therefore, we can only come to one conclusion. We owe God a praise. You read the history. Come on, talk to me. That's the hand of God. 98 years. We owe God a praise. Uh, is there anybody here that knows God deserves your witness? Uh, don't fool me now. Is there anybody here that knows God delights? in your witness. Is there anybody here that know God depends on your witness so that the world may get to know him? Now the story is told by the great evangelist D.L. Moody of a young man who was called to military service as a Christian. Once he entered into his regiment as an enlisted soldier of World War II, his first night in the barracks, he recognized he was with a bunch of hellions. They were gambling and drinking and cursing, and he got to the side of his bunk, Reverend Mike, to pray his evening prayer, when all of a sudden, they began to assault him with words and boots and anything they could find because of his witness for Jesus Christ. The young man was so disturbed that in the morning he ran down to see the chaplain and said, Brother Chaplain, I got a problem on my hands and I don't know quite how to handle what's going on in the barracks. He told the chaplain of the offense, the chaplain said, well, brother, you are no longer in your own private home anymore. The other men in the barracks have just as much right to do what they're doing as you're doing. So go ahead and just lay on your bed and pray. God will still hear you. The young boy took the chaplain's advice and one night went by, two nights went by, the third night went by. Next day the chaplain saw him and said, hey brother soldier, did you take my advice and how did it go? The soldier said, yeah, I took your advice, but it wouldn't sit well with me. I could not just lay there and pray. I had to get on my knees and talk to the Lord. And the chaplain said, well, how did that go? He said, well, Brother Chaplain, there is now four or five of us praying in the barracks. And many more are making decisions for Jesus Christ. Why did I tell that story? We need soldiers that are willing to still be a public witness for God 
in spite of the persecution that's going to come. Are you listening, Zion? I believe God is calling us to be faithful ministers of prayer in the season of warfare. Can I get a witness right there? I love this story about this young man because this young man knew he owed God a witness. And we owe God a witness. We owe him a witness in our work. A witness, yeah, in our homes. It's our duty to witness. It's our privilege to witness. It's our gift to witness. It's our call to witness. The world won't know of our relationship, Zion, unless we are willing to be witnesses for God in every area of our lives. We've looked at the call to work out our praise. We've looked at the call to witness out of our praise. Let me land the plane now and show you our call to worship in our praise. The Bible says in verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, I said his truth, it endures to all generations. Son, here as we come to the last two verses of this hit song in Israel, Yahweh's people are urged to enter the temple gates with thanksgiving and with praise. Uh, you can't just come to church any kind of way. That's all I'm saying. The exhortation here is given to them based on the goodness of the Lord and his loving kindness and his faithfulness through all generations. The command in the passage is to worship God, yeah, because he's always been working things out. Can I say some more? Secondly, I noticed, Sister Cynthia, that these lyrics are instructions to teach them what a proper praise ought to look like. You, you just can't worship God any kind of way. The psalmist said, when you get ready to worship, First of all, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, according to the text, to worship as a community, they had to go together to the temple. And outside of the temple, there were gates. Gates that reminded the people, get it right before you go up higher into the presence of the Lord. Why, the temple was the special place, a prepared place for a prepared people who knew about proper praise. Can I say some more? 
the gate was the place where as they went in together, yeah, they were to enter on one accord, with one mind, as united workers and witnesses. See how the psalm is building on that? And as they walked through the gate, they were to have a thankful check. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Remember to be thankful. Can I say some more? You know what I learned about this? Uh, Reverend Robinson, you can't do that online. You can log in, but you can't check in. This got to be done in person. And it's got to be done in community. And when it's done in person and in community, then you can take the next step. Somebody holler, next step. After you've been thankful outside, then he says, then enter in. Enter into his courts with praise. Did y'all catch that? And while you're praising him, be thankful again. And not only be thankful, but bless his name. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. Here, I'm having too much fun. I missed y'all. But here we discover that our worship has to have proper praise, a proper place, and a proper posture. It's hard to be at home in my lazy boy with a proper posture. I understand why we do it. But if I got coffee in my hand and a cinnamon roll in the other, in my slippers, come on, talk to me. My posture ain't right. My focus is off. And I ain't with the rest of the flock. I need to be with the rest of the flock who's come prepared to enter in together to experience what the Lord has for us in the court. Uh, when the artist writes of praising him, listen, it won't happen outside of the gates. It happens on the inside of the temple. Now, I know, I know I'm talking to great minds here, so let me weigh in the text. I'm not saying you can't praise God by yourself. That ain't what the psalmist is talking about. This is a corporate call to worship in Psalm 100. He's teaching them how to worship together in the flock of God. Are you with me here? So when you come to Zion here on next week, you'll come a little early and you'll process in together thankful. And then when you get on the inside and pastor gives us the call to worship, we'll burst forth with a praise. And then after you burst forth with a praise of thanksgiving, you'll get ready to bless his name. <laughs> How do we bless his name? When the preaching goes forward and we say amen. Can I say some more? When you get inside of the place, guess what he says? When you get inside of the place, what you've been keeping in the, during the week down on the inside ought to burst forth. That's why. 
we owe God a praise. I'm out of my Baptist minutes. I'm out of my Baptist minutes, so let me land the plane. This psalm is critical because in Psalm 100, verse 5, we find, Pastor Nate, what I call is the pericope of the text. The word pericope is defined as a particular portion of a book or a letter. The psalmist builds on Psalm 100, 1 through 4, to get you to this pericope. It's the particular part of the psalm you ought to pay attention to. And here's what I want you to know. You owe him a praise because the pericope is right. What is the pericope? The law is good. His mercy <laughs> oh, is everlasting. And it's true. It endures to all generations. He said all that one through four just to get them to verse five. And I think this is a verse five moment. 98 years. We got a reason to praise his name. For 98 years, we've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But we ain't fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with us. He's worthy to be praised. So as I close this moment, I want to remind you, Zion, that we got a reason to bless his name. I bless his name because he's the king of the Jews. I bless his name because he's the king of Israel. I bless his name because he's the king of righteousness. I bless his name because he's the king of the ages. I bless his name because he's the king of heaven, the king of glory, the king of kings, and the Lord of love. Oh God, I praise. And I bless his name. S.M. Lockhart said, He's a miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything that's good. He's everything I need and everything I desire. He's the only one able to supply our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak, available for the tempted, sympathizes with the saved. We owe God a praise. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers, forgives sinners, discharges debtors, delivers the captives, defends the feeble, blesses the young, serves the unfortunate, regards the aged, rewards the diligent, and beautifies the meek. We are God of praise. He's the key of knowledge the wellspring of wisdom, the doorway of deliverance, the pathway of peace, the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness, the gateway of glory, the master of the mighty, the captain of the conquerors. We are God of praise. He's the head of the heroes. 
the leader of legislators, the overseer of overcomers, the governor of governors. And I said this before, I say it again. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I owe God a praise. His office is manifold. His promises are sure. His life is mattresses. He's the Lamb of God who died. Did he die? God did he die? They put his body in another man's tomb. And early, 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 he rose. Did he rise? Oh God, oh praise. Is there anybody here can wave your hand and say, Pastor, Pastor Nate, we owe God a praise. Say yeah, say yeah, say yeah, say yeah, say yeah. I'm doing preaching here, but a Pentecostal brother had a song they used to sing. And in that church song, they said, I don't know what you come to do. I don't know what you come to do. I came to clap my hands. 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 Well, I don't know what you come to do. I don't know what you come to do. I came to say amen. I came to say amen. I come to say amen. I come to say amen. Did you come to lift him up? Did you come to lift him up? Cause I came to lift him up. Did you come to lift him up? Well, I don't know what you come to do. Said I don't know what you come to do. Hey, I came to do my dance. I came to do my dance. You come to do your dance, cause I came to do my dance. Can you help me lift him up? Can anybody lift him up? Did you come to lift him up? I came to lift him up, cause I don't know what you come to do.